tune in to uh, That Girl, Jenna Carousella. We're doing a new series called The Wires, which is pretty much stands for a weekend review um, expanded series. So we'll be going everything that we talk over, a quick overview of what's been going on in the past week through our Mondays, well-being, business tech talks Wednesdays, and then the social process Fridays discussions. So just wanted to introduce the new series. I'm going to be posting this on YouTube and also more places. So stay tuned. I appreciate any person who has subscribed, any person who's watched any of my videos, either here on YouTube, TikTok, um, if you follow me on Facebook or Twitter. I appreciate that. So I want to just jump straight into this. That's the intro for the new series. And I'm also um, doing my podcast on Anchor FM right now. So just wanted to give a quick intro and let you know what it, what's going on. It's called The Wires, Weekend Review Expanded Saturday Series, going over our Monday Wellbeing discussions, business tech talks, and Friday social causes. So stay tuned. For segment one, um, I'm going to go over the books and what we talked about for this past chapter. So the first one was the Prayers, Faith, and Healing. And we talked about this past week. Um, the date was I posted the podcast and blog for June um, June 6, 2022, Prayer, Faith, and Healing, and we talked about fasting and prayer, we discussed a fervent prayer, and we discussed prayers of healing. So fasting is um, intentionally abstaining from food, from food or water or something in order to align you to refocus and regroup your thoughts, spiritual healing, um, a way of humility, and then the fervent prayer, you want to you know, get more information, the podcast and the blogs available in the descriptions, I'll add those, and it's pretty much the urgent prayer, the cry of the heart, you constantly are you pleading out to God. It doesn't have to be a long prayer, it could be very, very short, but impactful, and pleading out your entire heart, soul to God for something, a prayer, petition, need. And then the last section was prayers of healings, and where is our mind, our thoughts being directed towards, um, showing you examples of what Jesus did and how we can learn. Okay. And then after that, we went into Wednesday's Business Tech Talks, crucial conversations, really good discussion on that. I had to break it up into two parts. We're going through chapter six, and that was first posted on the 8th of June, 2022. And again, it's how to gain control when your emotions are crazy. How do you refocus, redirect your thoughts when life is stressful, when you're angry, your emotions are high. And then it talks about skills for mastering our story. And one of the techniques that they discussed is realizing that when you are giving information and you have a reaction, there is a little um, a moment in between when you tell yourself something and you are trying to bring meaning or understanding to something that you don't understand. So we tend to tell ourselves stories and sometimes they're not accurate or true and that is what can um, throw our emotions out of whack and make it difficult for us to focus and talk. So they, um, they have um, skills and tools and also how to analyze your story to backtrack, step out of the conversation and focus on what you need to be focusing on. So if you want more information, um, please check out those links for um, this uh, Wednesday Business Tech Talks, Crucial Conversations. Again, here's how it looks. Told you if you're gonna get a copy of it. The authors for these are Carrie Patterson, Joseph Rennie, Ron McMillan, and Al Switzler. So I have a TikTok series for these as well. And then Friday, Friday Social Causes. Super fun, I've been enjoying this book. It, it's so, detail. I've like, I don't know if you can see all of the underlinings. I do short videos on TikTok. They're only three minutes long, so they're quick overviews of each talking point. 
and I'd like to go into more details, so hopefully soon I'll be able to do um, longer discussions about these because the reasons why I put these on this book for Friday for Social Causes is literally trying to understand in modern society how we respond to people who utilize controlled substances, whether or not you're in favor or opposed against it. Um, it's just one of those things that's been with us for the length of all mankind. We've always had some type of vice, whether it's tobacco, sugar, caffeine, opium, cannabis, liquor, um, wine. There's something out there that we've been imbibing in for duration of all mankind. So this book kind of goes over the history of it, how these controlled substances and drugs were distributed it, um, how they were um, prohibited, what their consequences were for utilizing these things, and how they still extend and continue to grow and expand. So this last week we really got into the big three, which is tobacco, caffeine, and sugar. And people don't really often consider caffeine or sugar a drug, but it does create um, stimulating effects in the body. And there's different sources that they go through to explain why these consider why these considered sugar. And for the last section, they brought up the introduction of Coca-Cola and the high con caffeine content in Coca-Cola, the origins of the cola beans. Um, they made it into a French wine, essentially, so it was a soft drink. It was designed, and they, then they removed the wine during Prohibition, and it became a temperance drink, but there was still like the traces of cocaine, and they replaced that with crystalline, which is, um, pretty much a combination of the refuse leaves, all the caffeine turned into like a powder. So they added that to the Coca-Cola. So it is start, um, Coca-Cola brand is a, an American staple. It is from America originally. That brand that we're familiar with, it is the real deal. And they actually had to go to court in 1911 and they had to reduce the caffeine content because it was showing to have negative um, effects on children and addictive properties and components. So this is talking about caffeine and the origins of Coca-Cola. So the reason why I brought that one up is because later on in this particular podcast, I will be talking about um, this movie I watched recently called The Miracle, Cokeville Miracle, and it is based off of a true story. It took place in the 80s. So I just wanted to give you guys like a little bit of an intro to that. But yeah, again, this past week we've gone through uh, prayer, faith, and healing, crucial conversations, and then forces of habit. If you want more information, please um, follow the links. There's going to be more information and a lot of resources out there. So thank you so much for listening for the first introduction, and let me get into the next one. This one's going to be really fun. I was asked, my mom asked me if I wanted to watch a movie with her, and she told me it was about a serial killer and that there was a lot of killing. And I was like, that sounds good to me. I like movies like that. So I'm sitting here watching this movie with her because a friend referred it to her and she told me it was about a serial killer. So I told her, I'm like, okay, cool, let's check it out. As I'm watching the movie, because I have no idea what's it about, and I'm not going to spoil it for everyone, but I would highly encourage, that's why we're having this discussion, I would encourage you to seriously watch this movie. Um, it's free on YouTube right now, um, Cokeville Miracle. It took place in 1986. Interestingly enough, I was born in 1987, but yeah, so this happens in an elementary school. Um, a gentleman and his wife, Doris, they, for whatever reason, felt it um, some type of call or um, they wanted to make history and, and some kind of historical impact. Even it's quoted that the wife, Doris, she was quoted telling the children that you guys are going to be 
um, making history. You're going to be telling your children and your grandchildren about this incident. And that is all going to be really exciting as long as they get the ransom money. Everyone's going to be fine. And so I find that the reason why I find that so interesting is um, there's this film called Meet the Robinsons. And, and there is um, an evil character. And her name is Doris. And it's pretty much that movie, spoiler alert, so if you don't want to listen to the spoiler alert for Meet the Robinsons, you can fast forward it right now. So, spoiler alert. Okay, so Meet the Robinsons, what happens is Dor Doris is evil. She um, pretty much thinks humans are inferior and she um, creates a scenario where everyone is living in a post-apocalyptic world where robots have taken over. So that's just one part of the movie. Very small deal. There's so many other plot twists in that movie, but that's just one of them that Doris is actually evil. And so I compare her character to the Doris real-life person, a real woman, in this film adaptation of Cokeville Miracle. And she's telling these children, you're going to be making history, you're going to be telling your grandkids about it. Sure enough, that was very, very true and accurate. So initially, or essentially what happened was the bomb went off, and the vast majority of people who were affected by this were somehow divinely protected. So I'm not going to go into any more details. I recommend you watch it for sure to get all the full, like, the way that they did it was really nice. Um, you get the full impact and magnitude of what took place while everything else is happening in the film. Essentially, though, what I will spoil for you guys is the power of prayer and what these children, they made the conscious choice, a lot of them, to just turn to prayer. And that moves me because at the very end, they make a special shout out and dedication to any person, any parent or adult who has encouraged a child to pray. That's one of the only things you can do. So the reason why this means so much to me is because I've been going through this this, this book series, um, Prayer, Faith, and Healing, and it's literally cure your body, heal your mind, restore your soul through the power of prayer. So if you watch this movie, you'll understand more of why I'm, I'm so emphatic about this. And we don't really hear about miracles happening. There is a tragedy that took place in Texas, the school shooting, and we have to sometimes sit there and scratch our heads and wonder why did these children not make it out and these other children over here did. What's the difference? Um, we could spend hours discussing this and I'll, I'll touch upon a couple of highlights. Uh, one is the media right now is not always the most reliable source of information. There's so many unanswered questions and so many suspicious things that happened around that shooting and it's a tragedy and I'm not trying to make light of anything. Um, innocent lives were lost and that's never easy. And the same breath we have to realize though that there are different forces there's there's evil forces and there's godly forces and we're we'll never get the full understanding on this side of life but we know that miracles happen they still happen across the world for whatever reason this particular town literally called Cookville um, I watched this movie right when I was doing my intro when I was reading up on forces of habit learning about coca-cola the caffeine industry sugar industry it's like i was researching reading this book and then my mom's like hey you want to watch this movie called cokeville and this is again right after the whole incident that happened in texas so i'm like what is the connection between coca-cola these innocent children and these 
you know, like, what's going on, God? Like, what is, is there something going on? And it just reminded me of another book I read um, by Paul Harvey. And he has this series called um, The Rest of the Story. So he'll start out with something, gives you a little bit of information, and you're kind of pulled in, you're trying to figure out what's going on, and then, like, there's this huge plot twist that just gives you the chills or just totally like whoa how did that happen so he was a great orator and he told stories and um great gentleman so let me share one of them with you i read and essentially the gist is again supposedly real stories you know this is what he documents real stories but um i believe it happened to place or time in the late 60s or 70s a church did their choir practice in the attic at the same exact time every single week and so he goes through and he explains what happened to each person that day. One person was like, they slept in and they missed five or they missed the lessons or they were like, another person got caught in traffic or someone like, they got into an argument with their family. For whatever reason, every single person in this particular church choir missed choir practice. Like for whatever reason, every person was not there. But that same day there was a gas leak in the in the basement and there was an explosion downstairs but no one was hurt because no one was there for whatever reason everyone missed that scheduled appointment so sometimes we could be really mad about setbacks or frustrations like road, roadblocks or what have you but sometimes there, there's we should be very grateful for things that didn't happen god sees the rest of the story and that incident was documented happening like inexplicable no one knows why everyone was late that day or missed um, choir practice so when we hear stories like this the miracle at cokeville elementary school it's one of those things where it's like what's what's really you can't i don't know there's a lot more going on than we can possibly ever fully understand so this is one of the reasons what uh, motivates me propels me to continue coming out here and discussing these huge talking points with you guys one of them being, yes, the power of prayer, spiritualism. Another being, like, literally how to communicate and talk with one another. I love with people who you don't understand, people you don't like, people you don't respect. Interpersonal communication is, like the title is crucial, crucial conversations. And I'm going to keep talking about how to have more effective conversations. And lastly, um, yeah, let's, go talk, let's talk a little bit about keeping your kids safe. And that's from guns, that's from bombs, it's from controlled substances. Let's let's have that discussion. So give me a moment. How is it um, random Cokeville, never heard of this town before in the 80s, with what's going on in Texas, with what's going on in the country, with gun violence, the violence in general, and just simply the lack of love and trust and ability to talk and communicate with one another. So Thanks be to God that he put all these random loose things together. That's one of the reasons why I did call this new series um, WIRES, W-I-R-E-S, which stands for Week in Review um, Expanded Show. Like, everything may seem unrelated, but it somehow gets, it gets strung together, it gets wired together. So let's talk about Coke. <laughs> All right, so forces of habit, drugs in the making of the modern world. I love discussing these things because what's actually happening. So 
this book talks a lot about, about um, slave exploitation, slave labor for people to get their sugar, tobacco, their chocolate, their distilled drinks, what have you. Like, their war started. People died literally harvesting our controlled substances. Sugarcane industry, this book will go through it and explain to you how we exploited people. Okay, so that's one layer of this. Second layer, though, are children. One of the reasons why this doctor, it's interesting, his name is um, Harvey as well, because we've got, everyone knows um, who Steve Harvey is, and then there's, okay, I'm getting my Harveys mixed up now. Now I have to do a little bit of an edit. We've got Paul Harvey. Let me look this up, because I'm going to confuse myself. I think the person who wrote, see, like here, I'm going to have to do live right now. Reiterate. Okay, here we go. Make sure I'm getting my right, my people right, because there's just so many of them. Oh my god, this is not working. I just want to make sure I'm giving you guys the right information. So bear with me, because I got I'm making a mistake. There's Poe Harvey. And I'm glad that I caught myself. Okay, so Poe Harvey is the um, guy who did the rest of the series. Paul Harvey um, Arant was an American radio broadcaster. Okay, so he's the one that I was talking about that did the rest of the series, the rest of the story series about the church miracle. And then we know who Steve Harvey is. He's a comedian. All right, so Paul Harvey, Steve Harvey. And then there's another gentleman named Dr. Harvey Wiley, and he took Coca-Cola to court in 1911, declaring caffeine to be a dangerous and unlabeled additive in a product marketed and sold to children. So after lengthy litigation, the company reduced the caffeine content by half. So, again, talking about Cokeville, protecting our children, what does this all have to do? What is, how is this all connected? Okay, so we know about the... Um, the crisis that's going on in the country, the opioid crisis, people are overdosing, and, but they don't really consider sugar a drug, a lot of people, unless you've got some type of diabetes issues, or um, I don't know. Most people, they don't really think about sugar as a problem until, like, I guess it comes time for weight loss, or for clearing up your acne, or, you know, different issues like that, but the situation that we're seeing is um, the weight issues with young children, the addiction to soda and sugary drinks in general, clay, fruit punch, all the juices has a lot of sugar. Um, pretty much they, they put it in for preservatives, for flavoring, and that's one of the things where it's like we need to really be cautious about what we're giving our children because childhood obesity and childhood diabetes has risen exponentially in the country and back in the 80s and prior to that we didn't see much of these cases of serious health risks in our youth and I'm not sitting here saying don't drink coca-cola that is I that's that's not at all I'm, I'm not reading these books here and saying like don't do drugs because um, a lot of these things were actually initially medicinal purposes um, Coca-Cola was designed to be a temperance drink to get people off other things but we also have to consider what these people were doing in the 1900s and 1800s they were working they didn't have the modern appliances that we have at least not all of them 
They didn't have the internet, they didn't have computers, tablets, smartphones, GPS. They did a lot more manual, physical labor. They walked, and there was a lot of wars going on, a lot of poverty, there's depressions. These people were a lot more, um, not necessarily intentional, but because of the food choices, they didn't have processed foods, they didn't have preservatives, you know, filled with salts and questionable chemicals. It was genuinely, mo mostly um, kosher food, organic, whatever that they had available. It wasn't filled with additives and synthetic ingredients. It was just genuine food, a lot more physical labor, a lot more physical activity, and outdoors, you know. So children, if they were given a soda or a Coke or whatever, I mean, there's a, there's a history of, obviously we talked about the cocaine use and people over-prescribing certain things. You know, we talked about, I mean, we're going, we're going to get into it, but they used to prescribe opium for whatever reason. They were giving kids things left and right that was dangerous. So the United States has already has an extensive history of dabbling in the controlled substances and giving them to our, ch our children. Or, you know, parents, you know, if you are a smoker and you, your kids wanted to smoke at like at five, six, eight, nine, ten, you had children smoking alongside their parents, that wasn't a big deal. They didn't filter their water, you know, they just lived their life. So now here we are modern day. We have all the science. The doctors are coming back and saying um, the children are morbidly obese. We're having younger and younger kids experiencing childhood diabetes, which is something that only adults experienced and um, shorter life expectancies, and I haven't even touched on school violence, bullying, cyberbullying, cyber um, the effects of social media and depression, suicide rates in our young children, um, getting pulled into promiscuous lifestyles because they're introduced to things from social media, things that they're watching on the television, kids picking up diets, self-harm tendencies like cutting their learning from the media, um, the fast food nation, you, you name it. So as we talk about school violence, what happened in Texas and the mistakes that were made and we, talk, we go through the history of controlled substances and what's happened to our children and then we discuss what happens in Cokeville. Like all the children survived. Like, and that was a bomb. And the question is, it's like, why does God protects some people or not, why are some people healthy or they can respond better? Because I've met a couple of gentlemen who can, who can do heroin, who can do cocaine, who can drink all day, and they're perfectly fine. In the beginning of this book, there's a guy, his name is Anthony Colombo, and he cited, it says, um, on July 13th, 1926, Anthony Colombo, a man of many habits, followed him back. He checked into the Philadelphia hospital and he admitted that he consumed every single day of his life. Um, he smoked a quarter ounce of opium, puffed 80 cigarettes, drank two cups of coffee or tea, and down a quarter of whiskey. He got drunk every single day. There are people out there who um, taking certain of these drugs, what we call them drugs, or medicinal things, that helps them function. That helps them with pain, and they can still go to their job and cope and function. And there are other people who can't, who are low OD, low die, or they just want to stay on drugs, they can't work, they can't do anything. So the question is, is it the government's job to tell you what you can and can't take? Um, how much does the government have in you as a parent being able to raise your child and determine what you can give them? Because there's no law saying you can't give your kids soda. But 
there was a doctor back in the early 1900s, 1911, Harvey Wiley, who did take Coca-Cola to court because he felt that it was a dangerous detriment to the well-being. And then also the cocaine incident and um, the spike in drugs. So it's just one of those things where when you talk about America and what it stands for, Coca-Cola for sure is an American and it's the real deal. And it was designed to keep you sustained. Um, that's, it is what it is, it's a fact. Whether or not, you know, we're not gonna go into the details of how many people died, but we need to talk about like now, current day, current modern day, how many people are still dying due to the vices that they allowingly and willingly choose to imbibe in. This is the thing that we really need to look at as a parent. We're so concerned about our kids not getting shot up at a school. Um, the question now is, are we concerned about their mental health, their physical health, spiritual well-being, their, their ability to communicate with other people and handle problems? So let me do a quick conclusion to this and wrap it up and see hopefully what we can do better and different. We don't, we don't quite understand why miracles still happen and why they take place, but um, referring back to the book that I've been going through this series, prayer, faith, and healing, these doctors admit that there's no magic formula for why a person experiences healing. They have no expl explanation as to what happens in the Copeville miracle. The only thing that I can make an observation of, and I'm not trying to say that this didn't happen or call anyone out for, for anything, but it's just an observation. And again, while I'm kind of concerned about the media bias and how things are a little bit unreliable and unpredictable, but essentially when with the footage and stuff that took place, I'm sure that there were people who prayed. I'm sure people were praying around the world during the entire incident, but that wasn't really shown or expressed in the media at all. I, I didn't hear anyone about like, you know, this is a time for prayer. We see people praying. I didn't hear anything about prayer at all during these, this, this most recent shooting. Um, I also need to add that there were children who were killed every single day and this is not trying to belittle or downplay what happened i'm just trying to help people think and put things in perspective we want to get angry at god and shake our fist and like that's not fair and i thought god when you know like he always answers every prayer he heal he heal he hears every prayer and he heals everyone that prays for whatever reason that's not always the case there is a million of variables between each person and god God knows that person, he knows the full story, he knows what they're capable of doing, he knows what they've done, he knows what they thought. We may look at someone and say, oh, he's like the best perfect Christian, and God knows that person's heart and their mind, but we don't know why he did not continue that person on. Or, you know, we have to admit that there's evil in the world, that there's evil forces. This could be a wake-up call, you know, for all of us here, like, you know, why, what was different? You know, we talk about September 11th, and how people found unity. Today is June 11th. Let's hope we can find unity today, despite all of this. Another thing that we want to focus on is we talk about gun violence, but the incident in Cokeville actually involved a bomb. So when we talk about people being evil and the evils of the world, it's not necessarily that of a gun. It could be a controlled substance that wasn't noticed. A parent may not have realized that their child was going through something and so, our last emphasis is we really need to be 
having better conversations, crucial conversations, tools for talking when the stakes are high, learning how to effectively communicate with our children, talking to them among about preventative health. You know, like, again, I have no, you can drink a Coke. Coke, to me, I, I actually love Coca-Cola. Like, I am a huge Coca-Cola supporter. I'm not a person who drinks it every single day, all day, every day. But to me, Coca-Cola and any vice, not any vice, but for some people, vice is, it is a sign of good work, a good job. Like, hey, you deserve a Coke. You worked for it. You know, you work really, really hard. It's a treat. It's something that you should reward yourself with. And I appreciate that the, the um, successor of the original Coca-Cola factory, he made sure that the U.S. troops got them at a really affordable rate. A nickel Coke, you know, like he was... He was serious about that. It's um, it's a treat, it's a dessert, it's a reward. And so I'm not saying ban soda, ban all drugs. This isn't what this is about. This is about we can use prayer, meditation, getting ourselves in a better state of mind, getting ourselves healthier, getting ourselves in tune with what's really important, prioritizing our health, our community, our family. In the movie, Cultural Miracle, they had people praying, the children were like, say a prayer, pass it along. People were, they came together. There was a community, and that's what we need to see more of. And then we need to learn how to talk effectively, crucial conversations. Please follow me for this series. And then lastly, um, forces of habit, drugs in the making of the modern world. We need to know our history. We need to know why people were using these things, what the consequences were, and the detrimental effects it had on society. There was a reason why people were threatened with death. They did kill you. They did mutilate you. They did flog, flog you in certain countries for smoking, um, for not being able to quit a habit. There were severe consequences. And the consequences that we're seeing today, though, is our children are stressed out. They're afraid. They're depressed. They're expecting death around every corner. Um, the health is, I'm talking about diabetes, sugar, anything that comes along with it. There's a lot, but um, that's for a different day. And then also, um, this is the opportunity when we really need to teach our children the, the value of having, um, what do you call it, contentment. They should be aware of the dangers of the world, but as a parent, we need to be able to give them, hey, you know what, like positive as well. The Christian, we know that this is not our only life here. We have the promise of a perfect body and reunion with Christ in heaven. But also, um, we shouldn't fear any man. We shouldn't live our lives walking around in fear. And this is a really, really hard one, even for myself, and also to convey and relate to other people. Part of your ability to survive anything is the willpower, already having a positive mindset. Um, giving the children, um, good mental survival tools, how to have the mental endurance to deal with bullying, the dealing with fear and attack and fear of life. We constantly need in communication with our loved ones, praying for one another, calling them up, talking to them, touching base. We don't need to wait for a tragedy for these things to start happening and to instill this peace of mind in our children. So I appreciate for any person out there who's endured some hardships in life who's been able to learn from it and share with their findings and to, to help put in preventative plans within the school systems, within the local communities, talking. We need, this is a great opportunity for preventative tactics. 
we need to talk to our local lawmakers, the local law enforcement, you know, already have a plan of action in place. Talk to the kids. We don't want to see them scared and afraid, but we also need to give them realistic expectations. In foreign countries, they're going through wars. Um, for them, life and death has already been pretty much played out like, you know, tomorrow is not promised. And they're having a whole different state of mind. Where we have many kids here in the West who are very, very comfortable, who live very, very safe and soft lives. They don't, you know, have anything to worry about. They got the microwave, they've got instant food, they've got instant, you know, gratification, TV devices, what, what have you. They've got them at their fingertips and some of them are not prepared for the harsh reality of the world. So that's another thing that needs to be addressed is actually talking to them um, preparing them for some of the hardships, but also giving them hope, giving them a peace of mind, giving them encouragement and knowing that, hey, you know what, that there is a godly father who loves his creation, that he is there for us, that he will, miracles do happen. We don't understand why everything happens the way it happens, but there is a good God. There is also evil people out there. And we need, again, Get back to the basics, family, time, prayer, learning better crucial conversation skills, tactics, and um, learning their history. So with that, I will go ahead and leave you. I hope you guys um, have taken something from this. Yes. As always, though, I do appreciate, again, any person who's tuned in. I apologize, though, if I've wasted your time. And at any point in time, you're consuming this content. I can only hope you're doing well. Um, I'll have the podcast overview on my blog, on Blogspot, as well as the website yourpresentreality.com. The podcast audio is available on Anchor FM. So I've been your host, that girl, Jenny Kirisoa. New series called Wires. Weekend review, expanded show, going through what we talked about this past week. Tying it all together, giving you hopefully more information again, expanding what we talked about this past week. It's useful, practical tools. Again, thank you in advance for your time and yes, God's peace as always. You know, I hope you're doing well. Thank you.